Welcome to Pod Parks, a podcast for the park-minded, brought to you by World Urban Parks. In this podcast, we'll embark on a journey through the world of parks, from intimate community parks to sprawling urban national parks and everything in between. Join us as we explore the beauty and diversity of these urban oases. Meet the individuals and organizations working tirelessly to preserve and improve them. Our guide will be Alice Landin, Research Development Advisor for World Urban Parks. So come along as we rediscover the green spaces that make our cities livable. Welcome back to another episode of Pod Parks. Today we're going to be listening to a segment of the conference Building Communities Where All Life Can Thrive by Dror Benchetrit. Dror was one of the many brilliant keynote speakers at the World Urban Parks Congress 2022 that was held last November in Monterey, Mexico. So we're going to be sharing segments of the Congress every five episodes. And by being a member of World Urban Parks, you're going to have access to the full keynote speeches along with their slides and other material all in the member platform. You can join today by going to worldurbanparks.org. So without further ado, here is Drorben Shetrit. Please take note of anything that you might find interesting so that we can talk about it at the very end of this episode. Over the next 30 to 40 years, we are going to double the built environment. When we are looking at those images, we realize that we forgot something. We forgot something extremely important. We forgot that we are part of nature and that we need nature for our well-being. So we simply cannot continue to build like this anymore. We cannot continue to expand our cities in the same way that we have so far. Obviously, sprawl is not the solution. So we need a massive change. What does a massive change actually mean? Those are the numbers that changed my life. And maybe today, they will also change yours. About five years ago, I realized that we have to stop building cities like this and hopefully start building cities like that. Over the last 20 years, I've had my own design practice in New York City, working on various projects in various scales. We've broke the record of the most expensive residential ever sold in the UAE. We've created the first underground cruise ship terminal in Istanbul. We've worked on projects for different product brands such as Tumi, Guggenheim, America's Cup, Louis Vuitton, Bentley, even Rihanna used our product, which is now part of the permanent collection of the Metropolitan. 
We've done a lot of projects that are inspired by nature and incorporating nature, art installations, um, various types of experimentation. Some of them are built, some of them are not. And the incorporation of nature has always been an interesting part for me. It's always been interesting for me to incorporate into our environment natural places. But then I stopped and I decided to focus on this movement that I'm going to share with you today. Supernature was born when I realized that we simply have to change the way that we think about the future of urbanism. So, as I mentioned, I've been inspired by nature all my career, and at some point I start to realize a pattern. I start to realize a pattern that was repeating itself absolutely everywhere. And I was wondering, why is everything in nature is organized in cell formation? When you look at it under the microscope or when you look at it under the telescope, you find the same exact pattern, which is not random at all. And then I started to realize that the cell formation have tremendous benefits. Benefits of strength, benefits of aggregation, benefits of proximity to other cells. But when we look at the built environment over the last 1,500 years, we've been building in boxes. It's been the most efficient way to build, but that's not true anymore. So we started questioning, what would happen if we start organizing cities like cell formation? What would happen if we are actually starting to think of the way that we plan cities the way that nature does? So we put together an amazing team of specialists from various fields, and we discovered something that changed my life. We realize that we can maintain the same amount of built area, but reduce the amount of infrastructure required, the amount of road and road infrastructure by more than 50%. In exchange, we can bring more than a quarter of the land to be a natural area. That's massive, because that basically means that everybody lives in a park. That means that everybody have a park in the center of their own community. But it also means a lot of other things. So here is the same example, the same exact comparison just shown in 3D. Those are 20 blocks of Manhattan. And you can see that we use the same pixels, the same amount of areas, and you can see the amount of reduction of the road and sidewalks and the amount of increase of green spaces. Obviously, we can also do that if we have an existing infrastructure. It's slightly different, the numbers are different, but over the last several years, we've been studying what is the most optimal type of 
self-formation and we realize that there are a lot of different scenarios that are based on a lot of different parameters. So we realize that we need to create some sort of logic that takes into consideration not just the climate, the specificity of the terrain, the specificity of water flow, and many, many, many other factors. So we've been developing this type of methodology that allows us to understand various types of density, various types of conditions that are actually allowing us to understand what is the optimal type of planning for that particular place. So, what does that mean to design like nature does? It's not just about self-formation. It's also about a mindset of thinking like nature does, thinking about how to use resources, how to basically take from what's available, being local with everything. Designing with nature and designing like nature. There are so many research that have came in the last uh, five years that are showing the immense benefit for our cognitive behavior, for our concentration, for our inspiration, for our stewardship towards nature when we live with the nature um, in our environment. So we are all familiar with the super blocks. For us, the super block now becomes the super cell. Ideally, it's a modular approach for how we construct, but primarily, it's about how we change the zonings and the regulation to allow for those types of environments to exist. So obviously, there are all kinds of cell formations and shapes in different sizes, different density. They don't have to all be interconnected. They could be separate buildings. They can also be uh, low density. They can come in various form to adhere to existing infrastructure conditions. And one of the most interesting things for me is that actually you get from point A to point B much faster. Yes, you've heard it right, much faster. We simply don't have any more four ways intersection. So we don't have typical 16 points of collision we only have three points of potential collision, which, which basically means that if we look at that in aggregation, we start to realize how much easy it is to navigate through the built environment by basically creating circular patterns and circular logic to the aggregations of the environments that we can create. So here you see the fact that we are not just moving faster from point A to point B, it's also a lot safer. We, of course, promote walkability with that approach. This is the very first time in which you are able to walk from cell to cell without being next to the road. So this is the first time that roads and sidewalk don't have to be next to each other. So you don't have to walk like cars does. You can actually move in from cell to cell, which gives you basically a higher proximity to available things in your environment.
massive improvements on construction time. I always like to use the metaphor of cooking in a round kitchen, right? Think about the idea that you don't need to walk to the fridge over there, walk over there to the stove, get your groceries from over there. Everything is all around you. Same logic with construction. You have central deployment. You can bring everything to the center, and you can basically start to organize it all around. Logistics of construction is the most challenging time of, of, of construction, essentially, regardless of whether we're using concrete or steel or prefabricated components. Massive improvements on energy. If you think of the fact that we're using 40% of our energy consumption for heating and cooling, simply by orienting all of the supercells to the direction of the average sun, we are able to reduce um, the consumption of energy because we're basically able to not just rely on, you know, di uh, three-dimensional surfaces. We have basically this staggering logic from every side. Massive improvement in flood, simply because we have a lot more soil in our environment. Massive improvements in noise. Yesterday, we went to uh, this Congress place nearby, and amazing amount of birds were coming. And even if we were next to a massive highway, um, you can hear the amazing sound of birds. So obviously, when we have trees and when we have soil, we invite other species than us. And both the trees and the ambient noise of birds help mask the noise of traffic. I'm going to repeat this fact. We are not just going to double the built environment. We're actually going to double the land coverage of cities. The land coverage of cities, that basically means that if you look at the amount of space the city take today, in the next 20 to 30 years, we're going to double it. So it became our responsibility to stop urban sprawl and to basically share this kind of approach with urban planners, with municipalities, to basically design in a completely different way and shift away from the Cartesianal logic that we've been doing um, all along. I live in New York City. I see those intersections every single day. And I realize that if we are going to double the land coverage of cities, Let's not do it like this. I love cities. I'm a big believer in the future of cities, the serendipity of cities, the opportunities that cities provide, the culture that cities have. But we can't live in this concrete jungle, and two-home solution is not a world solution. So I decided to devote my life to change the way people live. And we can do that through geometry. If you think of the logic of what we call the round table discussion, why do we call it the round table discussion? We simply call it a round table because we face one another, because we're able to treat each other equally. We're able to build trust when we are sitting in a circle. Same logic if we apply that to neighborhoods. 
because when we are organizing ourselves in rows, one on top of one another, one behind and one in front of one another, we behave a certain way. So with that mindset, I want to encourage all of us to change our mindset from building sustainable future to actually building ecological future. Let's change the mindset because sustainability is simply not enough. We have to think about the future ecology that we are a part of. So this is a whole new design logic that enables communities to grow in support of one another. And then I was wondering why we have not done this until now. But then I also realized it took us 1,500 years to put wheels on luggages. We actually sent a person to the moon before we put wheels on luggages. So, there is another reason why we have not done this until now. Technology. If you're architects or urban planners or interacted with architects and urban planners, you know that only until 25 years ago, we used to draft by hand with rulers and pencils. So communicate drawings was always the logic of 90 degrees. How am I going to communicate something that is not 90 degrees? Even when we introduced the softwares, it's only until like five years ago that we've actually had three-dimensional software. So the whole logic of getting out of a linear logic, we simply could not have done without the softwares that we have today and the amount of computation and data that we're able to, because cell formation is more complex. But now, it's actually a lot easier. So just to mention, Supernature is not a design firm. Supernature is a movement. We want to create a movement that attracts the world talent to start thinking differently, start designing differently, and we brought together amazing team and a network, and we created what we call a new design discipline. Bioplanning is intending to replace the logic of urban planning or master planning, which I really hate to use because both of those worlds are wrong. We shouldn't see ourselves as master, and we shouldn't really think about planning. We should actually let nature support our way of planning. So it's a new design strategy for the future of regenerative civilization. Next month, we're going to release our first book with the collaboration of 12 different subject matter experts. We have also secured a few academic organizations that are going to help us continue to study bioplanning and research bioplanning, and we are looking for more academias around the world to do this with. And I have a couple of announcements today. Wow, that was just fantastic.
Jorah has this ability to move and inspire with his designs and with his words that is just very unique. I loved how he mentions that we are a part of this, this ecology, this urban ecology, and how we need to look at our future with us as a part of nature, as a basic concept for our communities and our cities. Now, you didn't get to hear it, but he goes on to share how Supernature Labs and all of these design concepts are already being implemented in the world around us. I'm especially excited about the super big announcement that he made, and I cannot wait to keep up with the developments throughout the next couple of months. What did you think about this conference? I would love to know your thoughts. Do leave us a comment in the episode reviews, in our member platform, or through social media. Remember that if you would like to listen to the full keynote speech or review drawer slides or access any additional resources, this is all available to members at worldurbanparks.org. That is worldurbanparks.org. I invite you to access all of these resources and connect with park professionals around the world by becoming a member today. This concludes today's episode. I would love to know, are you in tune with how nature builds and grows? I invite you to explore your city and see how our connections and our networks can mimic nature to become better and bolder. Thank you for listening to Pod Parks by World Urban Parks. Pod Parks is written and hosted by Alice Landin, produced by Vitoria Martin and Luis Roman, sound engineering by Vladimir Yanez. Don't forget to visit worldurbanparks.org and explore the resources our online community has for you. Get out. Explore. Connect.